Welcome to XR Star, your monthly podcast where we talk all things extended reality. I'm your host, futurist Amelia Coleman. Today, we are talking about XR and the future of crypto. We can't talk about the future of crypto without first talking about the metaverse. As I'm sure you're aware, the metaverse is a term being thrown around a lot these days, and its meaning has changed over the years. Back in 2016, 2017, when I used to talk about the metaverse, I referred to it as an infinite digital white space onto which we could populate with AR, VR, and MR content. But today it has taken on greater meaning. The metaverse is the vision for the next iteration of the internet, Web 3.0. It will be a social 3D virtual universe made up of many interconnected 3D virtual spaces. If you think about how the internet was developed, it was largely developed by public institutions, military labs, and independent academics as a way to share research and communicate with other professionals from around the world. Its commercial potential was an afterthought. However, this is not the case with the metaverse. It is being developed independent of government oversight by tech companies with commercial intentions at its core. Over the next few decades, the metaverse will slowly, continuously emerge, and it will inevitably take on many different forms along the way, much like the World Wide Web has. What we have now, with experience games like Fortnite and Roblox and collaboration spaces like Spatial and Facebook's Horizon Workrooms, is a multiverse. Many different platforms with their own infinite landscapes, economies, and currencies, and no way to move or operate between them. But for the metaverse to work, this must change. Much like how the internet today is not controlled in its entirety by a single person or entity, the metaverse can't be owned or run by a singular company. Many different players will have to figure out how to work together in a decentralized way. We'll also need to be able to travel between virtual worlds without having to change our identities or lose money or digital assets along the way. It should be as easy and convenient as moving from one website to another. This is called interoperability, and it's essential to the success of the metaverse. Both interoperability and decentralization of ownership are huge challenges, not just from a computational and networking perspective, but also from a business and economic viewpoint. The global economy is largely successful because of openness, trade, and the flow of people and data from one ecosystem to another. And this should be the model of the metaverse economy too. People will require ways to move skins, aka avatars, assets like NFTs, and currencies across platforms, preferably without import duties or exchange rates. Users will also need a way to view all their digital assets in one place. To manage this, new financial services like a metaverse wallet or locked storage facilities will be needed. New economic solutions will be created to facilitate the metaverse economy, for example, services around gifting, reselling, and trading. Degradation could be coded into virtual products, reflecting real-world wear. 
Companies may offer, offer premium, interoperable editions of products, and third-party services and technologies will emerge to manage metaverse assets, taxes, and disputes, reinventing the roles of investment advisors, insurance providers, brokers, and probate attorneys. How we've moved money and assets in the metaverse is a huge headache, until you consider the benefits of blockchain. Cryptocurrency immediately breaks down barriers between competing companies in this space. A decentralized, automized, and trustless blockchain model means that companies, developers, and end users can be assured that their investments and the value of those investments won't arbitrarily change or disappear overnight at the whim of a CEO or government. The difference between the digital assets bought in Fortnite and buying an NFT is true ownership with digital property rights, which is why, which is only possible because of blockchain. For virtual worlds to be truly open across platforms, devices, and engines, data must also be accessible, which goes against the current ethos of most businesses and governments. However, blockchain offers unique levels of protection, trust, and transparency for every party that is not achievable otherwise. Today, I am thrilled to welcome VP of Strategy and Blockchain at Together Labs, Nancy Beaton. Together Labs innovates technologies that empower people worldwide to connect, create, and earn in virtual worlds. She is heading up Together Labs' Metaverse Blockchain Strategy and has introduced the first regulatory-approved transferable digital currency, VCoin. Nancy, thank you so much for joining me here today. Thanks for having me, Amelia. So just to begin, wondering if you could share a bit about your story and how you got started in this industry and what you do today at Together Labs. Sure. You know, I, I've always been in tech. Uh, I've always built businesses in tech, uh, starting in the early wireless data days when you were playing games on your phone or music on your phone, launching the first full track music download store in the US. And so I've always wanted to be in tech and building businesses. I have an insatiable appetite to learn and it has just kind of carried through and been fed the best as I build businesses in tech. I also love games, metaverses. I play with my nine-year-old son. We are in Blancos and Roblox and MVU and other places. So, you know, it's kind of a marrying of a passion plus, you know, an interest. So it's been really great. And uh, I came to Together Labs. I've worked with folks at Together Labs before and really started there about three years ago when they were looking at how to grow the economy that underpins the social platform of NVU. And we looked at how to make that meaningful growth and blockchain was the answer. And since then, we've been working on accelerating blockchain across that platform ever since. Amazing. Um, so Together Labs has several unique offerings, including IMVU and VCoin. Do I think do you say IMVU differently? Uh, you can say IMVU. You can say MVU. Um, everybody says it both ways. Okay. MVU. I like that too. Um, so for those who aren't familiar with these, can you tell us a bit about what these are and why they're unique? Yeah. So if you started the parent company Together Labs, it's really creating technologies that connect people in the virtual space. And the title, first title that's out there, if you want to make it analogous to the game space, is MVU. 
And it's been around for about 15 years. And it is one of the largest 3D social avatar virtual worlds. People come in, they get an avatar, you can dress it up, you can take it to nightclubs, you get your own penthouse, you can furnish it, you can connect with other people on the platform, you know, whether it's via a hobby, a language, or just hanging out together. So the MVU platform sees about a million daily active users, and it has a really high velocity economy that underpins it. So in Inview, you'll see um, roughly 14 billion game credits exchange hands every month in about 27 million transactions. And the goal of Zcoin was really to make sure that these peer-to-peer -peer transactions gave people who were contributing to the platform a way to monetize that contribution. So with Vcoin, I can be a nightclub owner and I can charge you, Amelia, 20 Vcoin to come into my platform. And I earn Vcoin. And once I've amassed my Vcoin, I can take it off the platform and convert it to fiat. So it really does fuel the economy that underpins the social aspect of MVU. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess the, so Vcoin holds value both inside and outside the virtual world. Um, but how does that work? Um, yeah. I mean, what, what does that actually mean? Yeah, it was really important to us. As you were talking earlier, you know, there's going to be a lot of connections inside the metaverse and throughout other multiverses. And so it was really important to us because of the way that our users interact they don't necessarily interact user to company. They interact user to user, just like in real life. And so we needed something that was a global currency that they could freely exchange on our platform. But then we also knew that they play other platforms and they exchange with other users off of our platform. Maybe I am the nightclub owner and I pay you to be my DJ. I can do that on the platform, or I might be today doing it in PayPal. And so what we really wanted to do was offer them a very seamless, frictional type of currency that they could buy, they could transact on the platform, they could earn, and they could use off the platform, either to convert to fiat or to transact with other users that are off the platform. So we went through um, all of the work with the SEC, and we were fortunate enough to get um, a rare um, relief from the staff at the SEC deeming Vcoin not a security. So not, what that means to our users is that they don't have to worry about borders and regulations and rules. It's basically available in about you know more than 160 countries worldwide so that all of our users can continue to interact with each other every day like they do today. And now they have a seamless currency in order to do it with. Wow, that is huge. That must have been quite a feat to, to go through that whole process. Yeah, you know, it took a while, um, but, but it was a great process. And I think because MBU has an established business, we know our users, we know what their transactions look like. Um, you know, it made it uh, much easier for us as we kind of stated our case going forward. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and I think that's quite an incentive, too, for people um, to, to know that they can get involved and, and then also be able to, to have that real world exchange as well. 
So this importance of interoperability that I spoke about before was one of the reasons that I really wanted to speak to you because it seems like Together Labs understands this and has a grasp on this, whereas a lot of companies haven't quite gotten there yet. What do you see as some of the challenges moving forward towards this interoperable metaverse? And do you have any predictions on a timeline when it might happen? Yeah, you know, I think um, the challenges are obviously there's a lot of technology that underpins all of these different platforms. And so we need to find a way that we can either uh, agree on or accelerate to a technology like blockchain and cryptocurrency that allows the seamless transaction. And that's the direction we're headed. But I do think you'll see it in stages. So I think, first of all, maybe it's the currency that underpins these economies that will be more interoperable. I think cryptocurrency and blockchain definitely allows for that. And whether or not our Vcoin is used on another platform or there's just a very seamless exchange rate that's pre-agreed upon for users, I think there needs to be something like that. And we feel like we can help drive that out by the use of cryptocurrency and these digital assets. And I think that's the first type of interoperability you'll see. I think you'll layer on top of that things like NFTs. So we'll be launching NFTs in our platform. Uh, we have 50 million virtual goods in our store today. And so we're going to layer on top of that NFTs where people will have true ownership on the platform, but also eventually be able to take them off the platform. And so the ability for our users to have that ownership and move them out of the platform to either an open marketplace or ideally to another platform allows that content to freely move with the identity of the user. And Vice versa. So, you know, we feel like MVU, where you get a penthouse and you get a nightclub and you have all kinds of experiences, is a perfect place to bring in your NFTs. Imagine my avatar with my little crypto kitty by my feet, or imagine I have bought the 69 million people painting. You know, I can hang that right up in my penthouse and shine a spotlight on it. And we're even working to let people know that these things are special. So maybe they have a special glisten, maybe they have a special color around them or an aura. Because you know, in the metaverse, people can be very aspirational and they want to show you what they have. And so today you buy NFTs and they sit in your wallet, or maybe you know, it's your profile picture on Twitter. Um, but you know, other than that, there's no real way to enjoy it and show it off what you have. And so we think we can also allow not only our users to move out their NFTs, but to pull in NFTs and show them off to the community as well. So I think it's economy, I think it's NFTs, and then I think other things will follow, like your identity, right? You know, your identity token, so that you can go to these different metaverses without having to re-KYC or, you know, re-sign up or, you know, re-verify your age, things like that, and you can seamlessly move about um, with tokens or identity like that. So I think you'll see interoperability in different levels, but we're definitely trying to drive toward that direction. I love that. And that was really well explained too. Thank you for that. Um, that kind of the building blocks and the steps to get there are really important. And I have to say, I signed up for I'm View the other day and I have a very hot avatar. I'm proud of her. Miss Amelia one, if you're in the, on the platform too. And um, yeah, it was really fun and very cool. And I could definitely see myself spending lots of time there. <laughs> 
Um, so wondering if you could share some thoughts about the impact of cryptocurrency on social media and the social media experience and kind of like what the impact is today and then what it might be in the future. Yeah, you know, I think if you step back, the crypto impact on what we call this new economy um, can manifest itself um, immediately in social media. And what I mean by that is when you look at Gen Z, when you look at the generations to follow them, you know, they're not sitting behind a desk, you know, waiting for a 401k to vest after 50 years in employment. They're out there being influencers and streamers, and they're creating businesses on Etsy and TikTok and, you know, Instagram and Twitch. And so, you know, you have this entire new um, generation of people that are going to want a different way to earn their, their money, to control their money to be able to, you know, spend their money, invest their money, look at Robinhood. You know, I think if you look forward, this new generation is looking for a new economy. And so when we look at these users, we really do kind of mesh those two ideas together. So they want to connect in a social media type of aspect or a metaverse aspect. And a lot of our users will tell us, hey, I want to earn where I play. I want to play there. I want to earn there. And eventually, I want to be so invested, I can help you shape the future of what that looks like. And so I really think that's probably the phases that you'll start to see of crypto having an impact on social media, social metaverses, that it will move people from just players to earners to people that are invested and shape the future of it. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. Um, I know I was at a, a wedding a a week or so ago and I was talking to I think the kid was like nine or ten and he had 25,000 followers on Twitch and was making money and I was like this kid's probably richer than I am <laughs> um, yeah. you know I just read the other day a 12 year old made $450,000 in three months off of making NFTs oh gosh I know I'm in the wrong line of work yeah. I just am I need I need to get my son in on that <laughs> I know for sure yeah well, um, you know, crossing kind of over into the other side of, of social media, um, recently the Wall Street Journal published what I think they're calling the Facebook Files, which is a series of exposés that outline Facebook's knowledge about how Instagram is increasing mental health issues and suicide amongst teens, um, the free pass it's given to 5 million influencers that are essentially above the rules, and then how their algorithms are rewarding divisive content and pushing out misinformation and hate speech to the top of feeds because ultimately it it breeds engagement. So these are things that have serious long-term consequences for our society at large. And I'm interested in what we can do or, you know, if there's anything we can do now to to make sure that these examples don't kind of follow social media into the metaverse, you know, does Web 3.0 give us an opportunity to improve social media? And if so, how? I know this is a big question, but I just think it's an important one to ask kind of at this stage. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Um, I would say I would first start by separating what I would call traditionally curated posts. Um, you know, those things that have been having a negative impact on people's psyche and, you know, how they feel about themselves from a live interactive metaverse. 
you know, it's one thing to have the best lighting and to stage something and to take a picture and just post it as perfect versus when you go into the metaverse for people that haven't been in there, it is, it is simulating real life. It evokes emotion. You talk to new people, you get a little nervous, you know, you, you go into a club at the first time and you want to be dressed right and, and you want to meet new friends and you hope you have the right moods. And so I think, you know, there's a big difference between having a safe social connection in a metaverse versus just posting things online and throwing them out there and letting people sort of interpret for themselves. Um, I would say, too, you know, there's a lot of studies that say when you connect with people in an avatar, other than the nonverbal cues that come through, you actually communicate better because you can create the avatar as you want to communicate, not as maybe, you know, we're built in real life, but as I want to communicate myself. And so people sort of let down their guard. They can be whomever they want in the metaverse. And the metaverse, especially on MVU, is extremely accepting of that. And, you know, we're really proud that um, our rooms, our clothes, our furniture, our nightclubs, our experiences, our churches, they're all built by our users. So our metaverse is really powered by users. We also use users to review the content that's created and put into the stores. And our, our community is incredibly active on sharing when there's inappropriate behavior, bullying behavior. So I think to your point, I feel like the more you bring the community into the metaverse to help you build it, shape it, manage it, I think the more successful you'll be. And I think long-term, the most successful metaverses will be only as successful as their communities are happy. And so, you know, for us, we really pride ourselves that, you know, we're UGC focused. Um, I think that also plays into Web.3.0. You know, when you have, you know, uh, the users that are in control of their data and they own their data and they can share their data with their private network or with a larger network should they want to, but it's not, um, it's not a platform built on selling data. It's a platform built on making connections and users can choose to share data when they want to do so. So I think, again, empowering that community and doing that through technology like Web.3.0, blockchain, or just a safe community is the best way to go and the best way to make sure those, those negative habits from curated social posts don't come in to places that want to have a great in real life friendship connection. That's such a great point about data um, and how and how you don't sell on data and it's not at the core of the platform that um, that it's collected and stuff because that's such a difference um, to the the company that we were formerly <laughs> that I formerly mentioned in um, in the question there so that's kind of um, that's like such a relief yeah. in a way and it's really positive to hear that. Um, and it does give me hope for, for the future of, of social media, especially in these kind of um, metaverse scenarios. Um, I actually yeah. want to go back. I had a question. Uh, we mentioned about NFTs and their popularity before. And I mean, they just seem to be blowing up right now. We're seeing brands like Gucci and Burberry and Taco Bell and Coca-Cola getting involved. And then recently celebrities like Messi and Mike Tyson and Snoop Dogg and Paris Hilton. Um, so what's your personal NFT strategy and what advice do you have for people who want to get involved? Yeah, you know, I think NFTs are great. Um, you know, we all own NFTs in this space. 
And, you know, I think there's a couple of things to think about. You know, for us, we think about first, we have 200,000 active creators on our platform. And so we are bringing the opportunity and the benefits of NFTs on blockchain to those creators. So things like exclusive, limited runs. We know our community wants the ability to resell their goods. And so NFTs will uh, seamlessly allow for that as well. So we want to bring that to our community. I do feel like NFTs right now, and we'll always have this sort of, you know, unique collectability and, you know, people will pay 180000 for a board ape or, you know, $4.5 million for a crypto punk. But I do think you'll start to see NFTs start to have more function or utility. So when you look at something like an MVU, you know, you'll be able to show off your NFT or maybe it's you know, uh, a dress that you might have seen at the Met Gala is now available as an exclusive, and you can show that off. You know, you could even maybe rent the runway like we see in real life today so that you can rent an NFT and be able to dress up for that weekend and then come back and really give accessibility and real functionality to NFTs. But I do think brands are going to need the metaverse and NFTs as part of their strategy. You know, it it's going to be where this generation and the generations to follow want to interact. So it is going to be a place where brands are going to need to be. And it's going to give them a much broader ability to interact with their engaged fans or their super fans than maybe a traditional retail store might do or even an online store. Um, I also think that brands can look at NFTs in a really unique way. You see this today with TV shows and um, you know music artists you know, holding an NFT could get you special access to the brand, to the show, to the concert. And so I think there's some really creative ways that brands could leverage the metaverse and NFTs to really target those super fans, those engaged fans, and then also the broader next generation of people that they want to be introduced to and be in front of. Yeah, it's really cool. And I love those ideas about um, how brands can, can leverage NFTs. Um, yeah, so a bit, a bit of a feed off following that one. So for those who may feel like they missed the Bitcoin boat or they're intimidated by the technicals of cryptocurrency, do you have any advice for people who want to kind of safely dip their toes into the crypto waters these days? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think if you want to go pure crypto, I think set aside what you want to experiment or invest with, you know, really be a knowledgeable investor. You know, crypto can have highs and lows, just like other investments can have highs and lows or other places you put your money. Um, so I think, you know, making sure that people understand how to participate is important. But I do feel like we need to get those people into the community of crypto and blockchain. And to do that, we need to better the user experience. And, you know, what we've done is we have built the experience right into our platform. So somebody can come on our platform and buy $10 of Bitcoin. They don't need a KYC. There's no complicated crypto wallet. And they can just put down a credit card, buy it, exchange and use it on the platform, start to earn it. And then when they want to get more involved and they want to move it off the platform to a real crypto wallet and convert it to fiat, then they can go through the KYC process. But I do believe that, you know, if people want to get involved, they definitely should, uh, you know, be aware of what they're doing. But I think the true story is it's up to the crypto community and the blockchain community to make this 
easy for people to get involved. And I think we need to relook at some of the user experiences. I think we need to relook at how people can get involved and at what levels and, you know, how they can access, you know, all these things without seven different wallets and, you know, all different types of um, technical hurdles to jump over. I think that's going to be really important. I absolutely agree. I think it's something that when I talk to a lot of people who kind of aren't in this world, they think of it as intimidating or um, they also, you know, are just skeptical about it. So maybe there's not quite enough education about it out there or um, or or even like, you know, if, if my bank said, do you want to start a crypto account? I'd probably be like, oh, OK, I can do that. You know, that'd be great. And um, and yeah, those kind of bringing it into our everyday lives, I think, is 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 um, a step forward. I know. I was going to say, I completely agree. And I think we need to go where the users are and not, you know, create special hurdles. You know, even, you know, I'm in the space and to, and to try some other games out there. You know, I have to bring my ETH into their, you know, universe, but I don't have enough ETH to pay for the gas because I've got to get it into a different type of wallet and exchange it for a different type of crypto. But your example is perfect, right? If I could go up to my bank and say, hey, I'd like to invest a little or spend a little on crypto and put that in my savings, that would be a great idea. So I think we need to be where the users are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so exciting. I mean, it's just getting bigger, um, which actually kind of leads me to my next question, which is the concern around the impact on the environment. So I know, um, according to The Guardian, a single Bitcoin transaction generates the same amount of electronic waste as throwing away two iPhones in the bin. Um, which is astounding when you think about it. So, I mean, what actions do you see taking place today to kind of address these concerns and what needs to happen to make crypto more sustainable and environmentally friendly? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it is a big concern and I feel like there are people that are addressing it head on. So, you know, we just announced today that we have a relationship with Immutable X. And it's a layer two platform. And for those not familiar with it, it sort of sits above the, the layer one platform. And it will allow us to exchange NFTs, mint and exchange or sell and, and buy NFTs on our platform without the high gas prices. And they have a commitment to be carbon free, 100% carbon free. So I think there are companies out there that are um, taking this head on and creating solutions that maybe won't replace what we currently have, but maybe augment what we have so that it isn't as, you know, destructive to the environment. And, you know, there's all types of things you could do. You can buy other currencies, you can, you know, use layer two solutions like this. But, you know, when we look at it and our community is actually very interested in this, and I think you're going to have a lot of brands very interested in this, especially when you go to individual fashion designers and others. Um, they do ask us about this issue. And so for us, partnering with people like Immutable X that's going to be carbon free and that allows us to have uh, transferability or buying and selling and minting without the um, gas prices, that's really important to us. We also have a partnership with Uphold where um, we have all of the exchanges that go on in our platform are uh, written, but not to the blockchain until it leaves our platform. And so that's another way that we're able to allow people to seamlessly and as, and as, as high velocity as they want transact 
without impacting that environment. And then when they take it off the platform, then they can move it out to wherever they want at that time. That is such good news. I love that. And thank you for sharing that kind of debut news with us here today. Uh, Really appreciate that. Happy to. Yeah. I mean, I think about it like you remember, like the very first computer took up an entire room. I feel like we might kind of be there. And now, you know, we each have a computer in our pocket. So it will get better. And, you know, in from a tech industry perspective, um, green tech, sustainability tech, all these kind of things are it's it's the like the fastest growth market um, we have, and so I really um, I really believe that it is just going to get better. And I'm so glad that companies like yours are dealing with this head on and offering offering solutions. Um, so that's really great to hear. So finally, my last question that I kind of like to ask all my guests is. Um, when it comes to the technology's impact on the future of business in our lives, what is your greatest fear? And then what is your greatest hope? Yeah, so um, I don't know if necessarily I have a fear, but um, a desire. You know, you mentioned it just a minute ago that things will catch up. And so, you know, the innovation behind blockchain and crypto is moving so fast that I really hope that the regulatory, the tax, the user experience, the mass adoption accelerates faster to take advantage of this. You know, if it doesn't, it will still remain this sort of niche play. And it has so much opportunity and potential for people, everyone, not just, you know, token buyers. You know, it has so much potential for everyone that I hope that those things accelerate and catch up so that it can find its mainstream way faster than what I think it will if they don't. So, you know, I'm hoping in the next three to five years, they really do accelerate and catch up so it can become more mainstream because it does have the potential to bring a lot of benefits. Um, I would say greatest hope. You know, for me, I look at this next generation and the generations to follow. And, you know, there's lots of studies that say, you know, Gen Z, they do not distinguish between um, in real life friends and online friends. They don't distinguish between connecting with people in real life and online. And so my hope is that we can provide this generation and the next with a great environment in which they can connect and play and have a social relationship with folks on this metaverse platform they can turn that into a place where they can earn and control those earnings. And eventually they can be so invested that they can help shape the future of what these metaverses are gonna look like. And I think that this technology allows them to do that and I want them to be part of it. I love that, thank you. And that's such a great way to kind of conclude our conversation today. Um, thank you so much. Um, where can listeners be in touch if they wanna follow up with you with any questions? Yeah, they can find me on Telegram at Nancy Beaton. I'm on LinkedIn at Nancy Beaton, WhatsApp. So just hit me up in any of those channels. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. It was a pleasure to speak with you today. I learned so much. Um, and, and maybe I'll see you on InView soon. Of course you will. We'll connect with friends. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us. I really appreciate it and look forward to being with you again next month. Take care. 